Um, so I was born with a hips out of position. Okay, um, didn't find out till I was about two years old when I couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, and so I had loads of operations. Uh, I was in traction for about six months when I was a two-year-old. Jesus. Um, I actually put, got put in a straitjacket at one point because you know me, me saying I don't follow rules very well. Yes. Well, I was supposed to be laying flat on the traction table. Didn't really like that idea. Right? Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I've got a dear friend of mine, uh, Mr. Adrian Portway. I'm going to, first of all, we'll start in a minute, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll talk about his training, but I was trying to work out where we actually first met, and I know it was at a martial arts show, and you were taking, it, it was taking pictures, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Sunny. Which Sunny was it? Do you remember? Twelve, uh, I think. No, it was earlier than that. Early. It was earlier than that, yeah. It's a while ago. Maybe 2020, 2010, I think. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think it was. Well, Adrian, welcome to the show. I'm going to just lay out a little bit of a background here. Adrian is one of these strange individuals who has listened to every show. That's right, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I tell you, Anna's messaged me, and yeah, I have to admit, thank you very much, because there's always been some great, great feedback. So first of all, Adrian was quite surprised because he said, why did I want to interview him? First of all, because he's a friend of mine. Secondly, I find him interesting. And thirdly, he does something in martial arts that a lot of people don't do, which is the phot- the photography and the, you know, the coverage and the journalism. So what we'll do, first of all, is we'll talk about where did you get started in martial arts? Um, I started in judo. <laughs> Everybody loves yeah, judo. Well, especially guys our age. Yeah. You know, I, um, I was 11. Brian Jacks, Neil Adams, people like that around. Oh, from the superstars. Yeah, days, right? watching him, yeah. Yeah, watching him doing the squats and, and the dips and so on. I'm like, I want to be like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, me and a few mates went to local school, started training. I did that for what, two or three years. Right. I didn't really like getting thrown on the floor very much. I've got a friend of mine, I won't mention him because he doesn't listen to the show, he's a really nice guy, and he's a Karaska, and he wanted to do some groundwork, and he says, I'm going to go to a judo school, to which I gave him my stock answer, which is, how old are you? If you're older than 10, don't start judo, because 10 is like the magic point where before you're 10 years of age, getting hurt means you just cry you cry and half an hour later you get, get on with it right on, yeah. but after 10 years of age if it hurts you go do you know what I'm never going to do that again yeah. it's like rational thought takes over and you go no I'm not, this, this shit really hurts you've got me no fear before that yeah yeah you got no yeah exactly so that that was it I think, I think judo is great but I don't think it's great if you get past a certain age you shouldn't start it so I'm trying to play rugby in your 40s it just doesn't <laughs> work right yeah right so where did you go from that oh well from there I I <clears throat> Wanted to do some Korean karate for a while at school. Right. Which was, I'm never quite sure the difference between Korean karate and other types of karate. Yeah. It was very form based, and, and I must admit, I, I don't, I'm not very good at, at following rules, so I tend to find that the um, <laughs> lining up thing just didn't really suit me. Yeah. Um, and I, I did that for a little while uh, because it was what was there. Yeah. And then I got into the ninjutsu phase, you know. Really? Yeah. What year was this? Um, would have been, I was been 18, 19, something like that. So what we're talking, um, two, I can't count. 
1990 somewhere around there yeah yeah right so that was under Brian McCarthy his organisation wow what was it Bujukun Bujukun Brian Brian Dojo Dojo. that was the one yeah Yeah. I used to see them in the old magazines Uh, yeah it was before the internet and before you went on YouTube and you just had real world class martial artists not so much world class because the guys who argue aren't really world class and if they are they're not world class individuals in my eyes you know where they start bitching but years ago what we had was you would have these guys falling out with each other but it would be in the pages of magazines it was really good yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, the letters pages and stuff yeah like they that. were great yeah. they were great and yeah you have martial arts illustrated combat magazine you know fighters and stuff but um I used to really, really like it because the ninjutsu, I actually use ninjutsu as an example when people say MMA is huge, you know, now it's like, if you don't if you do not do mixed martial arts or I train UFC bro, you know that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. People are going, yeah, it's huge. Everything else, and I'm thinking, everything else is now like null and void. And it isn't because karate schools will have more students yeah. than uh, MMA school. And we remember when ninjutsu was huge. Oh yeah, massive. So how long were you in ninjutsu for? Um, I trained for about six or seven years, I think. Right, so there's only so many ways you can learn how to throw a smoke bomb and a shuriken, (laughs) right? And I know that I'm basing my my knowledge on ninjutsu on shokushugi movies. But what sort of training did you do? Um, I mean, you did a bit of everything. Much like fun, fun enough, what we're doing this weekend. You did do the empty hand. You did some weapon stuff and throws and so on. So yeah. I kind of, in a way, I feel like it set me up to go on to do the JKD and the Silat and things like that. Yeah. And the Kali because it, although it was a much more long form, so you know you were doing very long stances and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you did like long uh, sort of defenses. So you'd be, but you'd be hitting. You'd be doing weapons destruction. So yeah, you know, like we do with, with some of the Kali, you go bang bang and yeah. you destroy the weapon uh, hand or whatever. They would do a similar thing. So you do long, like I mean, the one I particularly remember, you step back and you use the, the four fist to hit into their forearm. Yeah, so, so, the like, so like a gunting, right? Yeah, exactly. Fang, yeah. Fang in the snake. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly the same sort of thing. And did you wear the tabby? Did you wear like the tabby? I did wear the tabby. Yeah. Did yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you didn't have the full mask on or any no, of that. No, you didn't. Yeah. No. But you, you'd have like the the full gear. Uh, yeah, and yeah. It, it black great gi, black gay, the, the tabby, tabby boots. Yeah, yeah. You ever throw any shurikens? Uh, we did try. Uh, I'm rubbish at it. Um, yeah, but yeah, we did have a go at that. Yeah, but, you know what? It's like ninjutsu is funny because if you're under the age of thirty, uh, yeah, there hasn't even been a great ninja movie for a long time. You know what I mean? It's Were like, there any? Uh, there was a few. Like I, I think Michael Dudikoff yeah, was all true. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think he, he did right. Uh, Eric Paulson was actually the. He was in American Ninja three or four. He told oh, me. I've seen that one. Yeah, I don't know, but he's the only blonde-haired, blue-eyed ninja he was the guy who first was speaking to me about do you remember a guy called Steve Genom name rings a bell yeah he won the UFC UFC 4 or UFC 3 right and he was a he was a cop who studied ninjutsu so this was back in the whole days of art versus art and what it was was he was just like a really fucking tough dude with like a G.I. Joe fucking square like a flat top haircut he looked like Dutch out of uh, <laughs> Predator right right but he was and he was just and I didn't see much ninjutsu I saw a lot of ass kicking right and I saw that but that was it and there was a grading system there's a grading structure there is yeah yeah, yeah. So, like, what is it Q grades and Dan grades it's, it's and stuff same, same, pretty much the same as karate or something like that it's the Q grades then onto Dan grades and so on yeah wow so what got you what, what, what got you to move away from that then 
Um, I got married for one thing. Yeah, um, man, the only, that's the only escape, the only lock you can't escape from, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if you listen, like twenty years joking. Twenty yeah, years. Hey, my, twenty-one my, my, actually soon. Yeah, my wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah, you so yeah, yeah. Well, once you get past the second decade, it, it gets easier. <laughs> um, so, so you got married, and then what? Did you have a bit of time off? Um, not too long, because my wife reckons that I'm much nicer to be around when I'm training. Exactly. I'm I'm told that I'm very disagreeable if I'm not working yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So where did you go then? Uh, I did Wing Chun. So I, I had a bit of a break. Uh, I did try and go back to, to ninjutsu for a while. And for various reasons that didn't work out, I'd moved house and it was a longer journey. And I didn't have as much time. Yeah. But, so I, I wanted to go and do something else. Uh, and I found a guy who did Wing Chun uh, in, in quite quite close to me. Did that for a while. And what, what area is this? Cause um, well, I'm from Essex. I'm Essex later. Originally. Yeah, but you don't live in Essex now, though, no, do you? No, I'm originally from Colchester. So yeah. I grew up there. I was left there when I was in my 30s. Really? Gar- um, that's a garrison town, yeah, it eh? is a garrison town. You, you, yeah. need, to, you need to know you. That's how I met my wife, actually. Really? Yeah. How come? Uh, we're both into rock music. And uh, we went separately to this rock club. And, of course, guys come back from, from a, a deployment or whatever, they get a 72-hour pass. And what would happen is the rock club stayed open until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. None of the pubs did. Yes. So around sort of half past 10, 11 o'clock, they'd all start coming into the rock club. So bear in mind, at that point, my hair was halfway down my back. You know, yes. Like a full sort of 90s rock image. Oh, beautiful. What were you, were you looking for the Eddie Vedder look? Were yeah, you? something like that. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah, man. And... Um, yeah, so so these guys are coming in. It's a regular thing. This particular night, a few of them just decided to start taking the neck a bit and just generally make a nuisance of themselves. With you? Not with me specifically, just just but, generally yeah, you know, it, uh, annoying you know, everybody. And it's hard to be a grebo, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. all I want to do is listen to rock music and grow my hair. Exactly. Yeah, why, why, why are you so pissed off with me? Yeah. So, uh, so you mad? That, you, did, you, you didn't have a massive fight that night. No, right? no, right? I didn't, but... I, I, I met her through, through a friend when we were there and uh, just got a chat to her got on fairly well and then this one of the squaddies decided to just start giving us a macro just on the middle of the dance floor her standing there like with her fists clenched yelling at him get out of the way and him right. just in her face um, obviously the NCO was just like ah, no, back off and, and got the guy out of the way but later on in the night she was leaving yeah. I was staying with my mates and as she went walked up the stairs with with some of her friends I saw this, the guy who'd been bothering her earlier walking out after I'm like hang on this is this doesn't look good yes so I went up as well and basically right. he walked her back to her car so yeah it, it, it started to sound more heroic than she was yeah, basically no, I walked no, her back no, 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 I was going to say knight in shining armour but knight in, in a Canadian Canadian tuxedo <laughs> was it double denim no no not no, quite, leather no, jacket. no leather jacket yeah. fair play yeah. what, what, and what, so what was the concert then uh, was it, what, just, what, it, just, it was just a rock club. And what, what what sort of music were you into then? Oh, I was into all sorts. I mean, yeah, whatever was around really. Yeah, Motley Crue. Um, Love Motley Crue. I, I actually went to see Motley Crue on their farewell tour recently. Yeah, did you see it? I didn't see. I saw you posted about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it. awesome. It was, it, the problem is now you go to gigs and I'm like I'm 47, and yeah, my, and you haven't got hair, so you can't headbang yeah, anymore. Yeah, I can't headbang. Uh, the only time I, the only time I don't look out of place is if I go to an Anthrax concert. <laughs> I, but all those guys are like hardcore Harry Christians now. But the hair, the hair is gone. 
but yeah Motley Crue was that, that, yeah they were something else but that was what you know it's like martial arts when you turn around and you realise you're one of the oldest guys in the room now yeah. and I was never that I was always, I was always the young guy yeah. I was well, wow. this young kid turn up yeah life just goes boom goes in the way yeah. it, it, it was mad so you went from Wing Chun uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, moved down to Cornwall uh, to Lou in Cornwall and what took you down there um, I could go basically um, I mean really? Essex is nice but um, I, I was working uh, with my dad we had our own business uh, yeah. computer software and so I moved down there because I could afford to um, to give my daughter a better life as much as anything you know she was what five or so at the time yeah Colchester's nice but yeah it's, it's a nice the seaside the whole nine yards exactly. yeah, yeah it's a good environment it's yeah. really, really nice place down there we used to go down there my wife and I both scuba dive as well so we used to go down there quite a lot to do that and, and it's like well why are we travelling all this time when we could just live down there and it'd be easy to go yeah so um, yeah, we well that's awesome down. so then what, 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 what did you get into then JKD yeah uh, how did this happen well uh, basically I was looking around I got down there and I thought right I've got to find somewhere to train so one of the first things I did when I got there was look for someone Wing Chun because that's what I'd done before yeah. and I came across this advert in the yellow pages which nobody ever uses anymore but you know, I yeah. found the yellow pages and I found this martial arts place and I was like JKD that's that thing Bruce Lee does well we used to do um that's quite similar to Wing Chun I think I'll, I'll give him a ring and see and yeah. I went along and I trained with this guy uh, and who was that? a guy called Ian Mundy uh, but he trained originally under Dave Carnell oh the late great Dave yeah, Carnell Dave's, yeah. that, believe it or not uh, I, when I went I went profoundly deaf in my left ear uh-huh. at the age of 41 and I saw Dave and Dave yeah, he saw me with the hearing aid he said what's going on and I said I've just gone deaf overnight and I said I'm in a niche market because I want to be a really good JKD guy I want to be a really good martial artist and so I'm pretty shot shit so what I'm trying to do is I'm narrowing the criteria and I was like I wanted to be the best bald JKD guy and I said but you know Bob Breen and Terry Barnett seem to be looking pretty good there and you know and He's got, you know, I don't even have a head that, you know, my head should have hair on it because it isn't great. It's in a great shape anyway. So I was like, and then I thought, you know what? I went deaf. I could be the best deaf JKD guy. And I said, you've got that, Dave. So Dave started laughing. And I says, anyway, yeah, but there's not many deaf bald. And I was like, but we're really narrowing the, the criteria now, yeah, Dave. Right. Yeah, short, fat, bald, Irish, deaf. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah. What's that? That's five. You only need one more to win the lottery. That's, you know, it was crazy. But yeah, Dave was, Dave was something else. Yeah. So did you train? Yeah. With Dave? Um, yeah, I did train with Dave. Um, went up there for seven hours and he would come down quite regularly as well that Tunstall Stoke on Trent right was that where he was at the time Uh, he was was in Stoke yeah 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 what was it like first time you saw him Uh, just mind blowing really I mean just uh, Ian was brilliant but to watch Dave move was I don't know it's hard to describe poetry in motion yeah exactly I mean it was incredible and transitions from one level to the other and things like that he was really amazing to watch really really nice Uh, guy the trouble is you watch somebody like that and you're like how the hell am I ever going to do that? But you, yeah, well, this is the thing. It's it's like we trained today and we're yeah we're on the beach yeah. doing some stick work and Rick morning. was saying no, you know you just try and catch up. Yeah, you know what, what it is. Yeah, get what you got. And it's like with all seminars, I used to love this about the JKD world because you get the guys who would come in, and there's two types of people who will go to a JKD seminar who don't do JKD. You get the one guy who comes in 
and he'll be a high level martial artist he'll look at it and he'll be a true like warrior and a, like, a well rounded guy he'll look at it and go I am shit at this I can't work this out and it, it, won't, it won't be it's the materials wrong or the yeah, it, it won't be like it isn't that the materials really hard it's not the fact that the teachers are not any good the fact that it's shit is because I'm shit and they'll stick with it yeah and then you got the other guys that'll come in and go no it's really you know the, the one they were down the, like the one they were down in Santo Rick Faye said it Guru train he teaches really fast yeah. but what he does is he'll walk around the room and he'll see and he'll see guys that have just picked up a stick and then he's got guys who, who've been with him like for 35 years so he has to cater for all markets and what people do when they go to JKD seminars is they think I need to do everything that that guy has just showed me and that illustrates you, the point perfectly he can't he just can't do it you're not you're not going to do it you're not going to do it at all so what was your what's your favourite part then of JKD um, I say, yeah, um, I I enjoy the stick work yeah. uh, I wish I'd be better at it but I, I do enjoy that a lot um, I mean Dave of course used to do a lot of silat yeah. he was based from Kaz Magda's base is silat yeah. so you do an awful lot of silat as well which I find you know these days with my hips I, I find quite awkward getting back up and down is, is yeah, my yeah. thing I'm alright I'm, I'm alright up or I'm alright down yeah. but the bit in the middle yeah. I'm not too good exactly, no, no. Yeah. that's the one that gets me as well yeah. but Casper's something else as well eh? or still is yeah, I've, yeah I've, I've, I've done a couple of seminars with him as well and, yeah. and he's his, his knowledge is vast yeah I mean it's different from, from Rick um, because he, his base is more silhouette based so you tend to see a lot of that but he's, he's got the the Carly as well of course yeah yeah you see this is Cas Magnus and another guy these are guys that yeah I used to, I used to, I just grew up reading about these guys yeah and you know when you're younger you know it's like you know when we talked about the music earlier you know Sabbath are great Zeppelin are great yeah but Motley Crue were American and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and when you're an English kid right Some or an Irish kid yeah it's wow. just different right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different different mentality different. so we mentioned earlier we met where you were taking pictures yeah how, how did that because that's a business as well right um, I, I, I do it because I enjoy doing it though yeah um, I mean I, I the, the guys I'm training with now I, I train with um, some guys in Taunton basically like, because of where I'm living now I, I'm not training JKD and Carly yeah. so much um, so I'm training with Unleashed Kickboxing and K1 in Taunton right um, and they put on events so the guys there put on an event and I started taking pictures of those uh, and doing stuff with them um, and yeah it's cool I enjoy doing it yeah, you, get, you do get to meet some characters there. absolutely and the thing is anywhere in martial arts you, you find people who are interesting you know how, is it, I was in the room last night uh, after after training I was saying how many people in here just you just want to argue with them but they're all really lovely guys yeah but also you think well, how do they get started hmm what? This is why we're doing. This is why we're doing this. When you said to me, "Why do you want to speak to me?" Everyone's got a story, and trust me, yeah, it was heroic. But what you have to remember is, you know, you you were going out to walk your now wife to the car, yeah, and you know there was no ulterior motive. You were doing it because it was the right thing to do when someone was planning on doing the wrong thing, right? Yes, so, yeah. And it, but it's the truth. It's like, you know, would it have made more, would it be more heroic if you had to hit the guy? Not really. They're no, just in, uh, bruised. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, this is this is what it is, yeah. and yeah, everybody 
Uh, no, it could be anything. I, I really believe that, you know, I, I've often said, I'm sure that you can get the same amount of social cohesion and interaction with people in like, the local Witherspoons. I don't think it's as, I don't think it, it's as good for you as a person, or good for your mind, your body, your spirit and all of that. But what you do is you get people that, uh, you'll meet people from different walks of life you would never meet. And if you did meet them, you'd immediately write them off because you were like why, why would I want to speak to that guy why would I want to speak to that girl it's good we judge people on their looks as well so well yeah we do we do that a lot look at that you know. but this is it's one of the things I love that Rick Fay always says Sophie Rick always says the same thing which is you guys have been in here for 30 years aren't as important as the guy who's just walked in and like, yeah I remember him saying that once and I saw a lot of guys get all crestfallen <laughs> and their heads dropped yeah. and he said no because you already know this is a cool thing he goes most of you guys are sharing it he goes that guy's walking in here he hasn't got a clue you know it's a, uh, yeah, I always look at you know it's, it's that paradox of we're going to make better more functional human beings for a better more functional world I'm going to teach you how to batter somebody through <laughs> and that's how it's going to work it's a weird dichotomy isn't it, it? it very, very strange dichotomy it's, it's upside down yeah. and what it does especially for men it really appeals to the, the, the fragile male psyche that that men yeah it, it, it's the thing you know you've got a single guy who lives at home and he has the biggest fridge in the world he has a 60 inch TV and then when he wants to learn how to fight he's going yeah I need to learn Krav Maga I need to do, uh, will this work against John Jones and you're like well Krav John Ma Jones probably yeah, not <laughs> probably not because he's John Jones and secondly Krav Maga are you living on the Gaza Strip no get something that's appropriate for what you need Yeah. and once people can get past that and that, that for me you know that's me what I think anyway for the for the Jeet Kune Do and it as you said before the hierarchy or this it's not even it's not a, a it's not even a hierarchy it's there's a pecking order of sorts but in dogmatic karate styles you're lined up and you know you're in your, you're in your grade in, in yeah you're in your grade yeah. Like that, yeah. Uh, yeah it's like Al Pizan always says you, you, you always look you always look look over your right shoulder yeah. because you're at the bottom of the you're at the bottom of the line and you always look over the right shoulder to look upwards yeah uh, and it is very funny because nowadays as I always say to him he never looks over his right because he looks over his left shoulder because he's always going into first class on the plane right. so that, that's how that works <laughs> that's how that works so you said you were training in K1 now right yeah yeah so well, how are you finding that? Um, as, as, a, as a man like myself of more advanced well, age? I, I've got an additional problem, of course. I've got two artificial hips. I didn't know this. Two artificial, two? Yep, my, both my hips have been replaced. Did you not know that? No, how old? No, this is new to me, Jesus. Yeah, well, you know when I saw your Senate? Yeah. That was basically me getting back. Really? Uh, yeah, so what happened, I, uh, when I was 40, I, I had my right, left hip replaced. Yeah, um, and my, my right one when I was forty-two. Uh, what was this from? Um, so I was born with my hips out of position. Right. Okay. Um, didn't find out until I was about two years old when I couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, and so I had loads of operations. Uh, I was in traction for about six months when I was a two-year-old. Jesus. Um, I actually put, got put in a straitjacket at one point because you know me, me saying I don't follow rules very well. Yes. Well, I was supposed to be laying flat on the traction table. Didn't really like that idea much. And how old were you? Uh, I was two. So I was trying to sit wow. up. I was, trying, so I, was, I was hooking the wires around the bed, everything. So they had to put me a straitjacket in there to keep it flat. Yeah, you should still be there. You're in a straitjacket at two years of age. Yeah, yeah. 
two years of age interaction and wearing a straight jacket yeah how come you never got the called up to play fucking Heath Ledger's part <laughs> as a joker yeah well, do you remember any of this or not really just no. told it yeah um, I mean, it must be pretty hard on my mum and dad I should think yeah you better believe it what so when when were you able to start walking then um I I remember at about five going to or a bit like younger than that going to nursery and I still had a, I had a brace at the time I don't know if you've seen the brace yeah yeah the brace, 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 brace yeah and the bar bars. I broke two of those you don't follow rules you broke two bars yeah two bars yeah what just to try just, I'm stubborn I just kept trying to walk fucking hell man broke the bars wow. Um, but Dad says, you know, he, he went back one one week. Said, "Oh, it's broken." The, the, the engineer said, "Never seen that before." Replaced it. Next week, the other side went. Wow, but I'm so, stubborn. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can get that. Uh, so did that? Did the the hips affect you while you were training when you first started? Um, not so much. I mean, the, the guys. I was very, very lucky uh, that I was near a hospital. Very well, that day you couldn't pick your hospital so much, you just were like, it was yeah. luck. Uh, and the hospital I was at, the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon who was there, was actually the person that our princes would go to, and things like that. It was just that good. Wow. Um, and I was, I was lucky that I happened to live six miles down the road. So, I, so he, did, he did all the surgery. And so, what are these? Are these titanium hips you got, or what are they now? Uh, the ones I've got now, that one's, uh, the left one's chrome cobalt, and the right one is some sort of ceramic. <laughs> Jesus, man, you're like a member of the board. Like, oh, yeah, and that, what's, it, what's the age? How long you got with those? 15, 20 years? About 15 years, something like that. Yeah, because yeah, like Guru Bob Breen got two hips. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like flying. How long does it take to rehab? Um, they reckon sort of three months before you can get off crutches. So this, the left one was a bit more complicated because the, the socket was never fully formed when I was a kid. Right. So they actually had to get some of the bone and graft it and, and then... I've got like three or four screws. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like, ask the obvious question, but it must have hurt. Yeah, right? I, I did. Um, so I, under Dave, I did my phase three. Right. And I did my phase three with arthritic hips. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I man. suffered for that for a few days. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, the old hip flexors, hip flexors, if they're good, start, start crying, you know yeah. what I mean? But oh my God goodness yeah that was, so, that was a killer so now now that we've worked out that you're part cyborg <laughs> and you know you spent you spent your first two years of your life strapped to a bed <laughs> with, 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 with a really, considering. yeah it's great and you listen to rock music as well i tell you something and this is sounding great so what's the future hold for you martial arts wise i'm just going to keep training as long as i can I love coming to these things. They're great, yeah. This Sifu Ricky is amazing to watch and to train with everybody here, actually. You know, it's such a nice group. It's a good environment. Really I keep saying to guys, you know, we could have put another 40 people on this. Yeah. But there's 60 people, and they say, look, if you want the other block, you can have it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's hard because once people come, they that's it, they're there. I, if, if you haven't come, you need to come. Yeah. Because it is, it is inspirational, and the people you meet are just so like, they are really cool. Absolutely, you know. And as I said before, you know, I'm get, for someone who's listened to every podcast. Obviously, we now know which the best one is going to be. It's like number thirty-eight, Adrian <laughs> Porter, right? But this is, and trust me, I'm not. It isn't a compliment that I'm looking for. I want your opinion on this. You've listened to podcasts, right? Yeah. 
when I asked you to do this, did you think it was going to be easy, difficult, hard, awkward, what? Um, you're an easy guy to talk to anyway, mate. You are an easy guy to talk to, that, that helps a lot. Um, I was more puzzled than anything as to why you wanted to talk to me, but yeah, now we've done it, I kind of get it a bit more. You, you, understand, you understand what the process is about. Yeah. I say this all the time. Everybody thinks that, you know, you have to be, I don't know, famous or well-known or something to be interesting. And then the best ones are the guys that who are really good martial artists, I mean, like super martial artists. And they went, I've had a really shit, man. I had a great, I've had a great life, haven't I? And I'm like, yeah, you just have to realise it. You know, so... It is funny, yeah, when you look back, because often you don't get a chance, do you? You're so busy living your life, you forget all the stuff you've done already. Yeah. And, and you know, and great experiences. All this yeah. from learning, you know, and what, what happened? Went to a ninja school and look what happened, right? <laughs> I'll tell you something, you ever gonna, you get, ever gonna get the uh, shuriken out of... Out of retirement, one more, one more go, throwing them, throwing them, right? You never know. You never know. Never say but never. Do you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to get Aunt McGinley to do a puff of smoke, sort of poof, and that is how Adrian is going to go. So do that. <laughs> I'm Adrian Poy. I'm a ninja. <laughs> See, there you got it. All right, and just like that, as Kaiser Soze said at the end of it, and just like that. <laughs> He was gone. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Wow.